This is a show about individual experience and personal identity. There may be times when folks use identifying words or phrases that don't feel right to you. That's part of what we're exploring here. Please listen with an open heart. And as always, I welcome your polite, engaged feedback. And I encourage you to continue the conversation in your own life and with your own community. Welcome to Query. Hey, Queeros, Cami here. Today on the show, Brian Wenicke, Executive Director of the It Gets Better Project. I really liked this conversation, and I want to thank Brian for joining me. And I also want to thank our many contributors that help the show run. What do you mean? Well, you can go to patreon.com slash heyqueeros, kick in a little bit of moolah per month, and it helps us make the show for October I want to thank Jennifer Grindy, Benjamin, Robin Moxley, Beck, Leslie Goditis, Chantel McClelland, Trisha Thalmer, Rachel McIntyre, Tanya Josick, Stacy, Kevin Fry, Jackson Carr, Tina Herman, Chloe Vicker, Audrey Rohr, Bobby Dahlmeyer, Katie Gagliardo, Ethan Peterson, Jessica Lustig, Levon Sawake, Rebecca Reed, Eliza Dornbush, Brenda Esposito, Fiona Marabara, Amy A., Catherine Michaels, and B. Aaron Talbot. I know many of these people personally because... Many of them um, have gotten in touch, either they've come to live shows or they're part of our Hey Queeros meetup group that happens once a month on a Sunday. So if you want to support the show, get involved, or I don't know, get to know me, head over to patreon.com slash heyqueeros. I want to thank also our new engineer, Valerie, who has come onto the show since we joined the Maximum Fun Network and who I am really enjoying working with. As always, special shout out to my producer, Sierra, who's worked on the show for years across the adjustment between various networks and who makes this show possible. We love you, Sierra. Also, if you're in Los Angeles, November 14th, I have a show at the Elysian Theater. It's part of my new show that is called Velvet Tuesdays. It's once a month right now, second Monday. I mean, what's that? second Tuesday of the month, but it will be weekly in the new year. So come on out. Velvet Tuesdays is at 7.30 p.m. You can go to CameronEsposito.com for tickets. Please enjoy this episode. I've been feeling wrong, but I'm still holding on. Darling, I know, I know, I know it's careless.
we're going to just start. We're already in it. This It's already happening. Um, I always have guests introduce themselves. Would you introduce yourself? Sure. Um, <clears throat> well, thank you for having me. Uh, I'm Brian Wenke. I am the executive director of the It Gets Better Project. And I've been with the organization uh, a little over seven years now. So I've been at it for a while. Um, oh, wow. Yeah, right? I mean, I guess that like just dates my entire experience of the world. Uh, maybe for, maybe, could you give just a, a little brief, um, Hey, what is the, it gets better project? Sure. Sure. Well, most people know us from our original video campaign. So like Mm -hmm. the elevator speeches, you know, we are a nonprofit with a mission to uplift, empower, and connect LGBTQ plus youth around the globe. And we do that through three primary strategies. One, which is what everyone knows us for is our storytelling efforts. So We collect and share stories that inform a sexual orientation or gender identity journey, Uh, you know, in the spirit of, you know, bringing information to queer youth uh, in a world that doesn't really provide much guidance. Um, And so we like to fill that gap with our stories. Uh, Education is huge for us. We take those. I'm going to pause you for a second. Oh, sure. Just because I actually want to talk about this for a moment before it like loses, before it drifts out of my ears and I can't. So, um, yes, that is how I am first familiar with you. Mm -hmm. Um, And that didn't start seven years ago. I'm going to like vaguely guess that it was like in 2012. I don't know. 10. Uh, Something like that. 2010. I do. I almost said ten. I literally almost said ten. You saw my lips. Um, That was just out. That was just off the top of my head. So we're all very impressed. Um, But I, you know, YouTube was founded in two thousand and six, and Twitter, and there's another thing around that same time. Then like Obama's president in two thousand and eight. So marriage equality isn't happening yet. The reason Mm -hmm. I'm saying all this is because like I do think since. This is the fastest moving civil rights movement. You can't say moving twice, but I did. Um, In American history, just so much has changed. I think sometimes it's really helpful to me to sort of timestamp when things happen. So when these videos were first being put on the internet, like this is a different internet. We called it the internet, for instance. (laughs) And (laughs) YouTube like didn't have a ton of videos on it. Like... You know, there weren't, there were like the beginning of, you know, some, um, the Hannah Hearts and like folks who then turned into vloggers, Troy Sivan, pop star Troy mm-hmm. Sivan, an early vlogger. Right. Um, but I just remember, you know, and a, a great way of condemning queer youth to confusion and self-hatred is to cut our community off um, by age and by generations. So mm-hmm. I didn't know older people who were queer. And right. um, I remember watching these videos and that they were impactful for me. And the origin, like who who was the reason? Why were those, why did those videos start? Well, Why were we <clears throat> making those? Why did they exist? So do you remember, so 2010, right? I love, mm-hmm. I love your recollect, recollection of history because I think when you, when you think just like 13 short years ago, there yeah. was no like Twitch or TikTok or, you know, any of the yeah. other major platforms and Facebook maybe had 500 million 
you know, users at that point. Wasn't even at a billion. I, I got into I got onto the like one where you had to join through your college because I lived in Boston. I was on like Facebook when it was from the movie. Oh, uh, okay. Social network. So, but my point is like, yeah, it, that was not for that was not for disseminating news. It was for like trying to hook up with your dorm room neighbor who you could have just talked to. Solid. Um, right. But yeah. But why? Anyway, keep going. Keep going. Why, <laughs> yeah, why, why, would we talk? Why, why subject yourself to face-to-face communications <laughs> when you could be humiliated in private? Well, we've learned that right? lesson over time. Um, yes. <clears throat> but 2010. Um, so what, and, and we'll get to like our founders who are Dan Savage and Terry Miller. Um, who I know both of them. And I remember when this started. Right. And, you know, and, and many people might know them, but I, I would argue that maybe a lot of younger people don't. Um, they were kind oh, of. Oh, that's wild and probably true. Right. It's it's sad how quickly we fade into history. Um, but, you know, at the time there was a, a, a slate of very highly publicized suicides of LGBTQ plus youth or youth who were perceived to be LGBTQ plus and and were subjected to bullying. Like their stories, there was one common thread. These kids were bullied mercilessly that ultimately led to them dying from suicide. And so, you know, a lot of, you know, organizations were struggling with what to do. And, and you know, we just had Spirit Day. Spirit Day, you know, um, was also born out of this particular- Glad, Glad. organization Glad has a- Right. Has a spirit. So just to say there's, yeah, this is another organization from like, Yes, that Spirit Day, born out of the same thing. It's almost like, like I remember when that was also really radical to post like on National Coming Out Day, which just happened also with like the hashtag and all that. And it just feels, yeah, the sand is slipping through my fingers, but go ahead. But I mean, that's, (laughs) but that's, that's good because like, you know, it was, it was significant back then in a way that the world had never experienced um, our community. And so, like, you know, we were born in September 27th. And so, like, just to give some context, this is like, you know, when Tyler Clemente, you know, that story hit the press. And so there was a lot of, again, these very public, very heavy press-oriented deaths. This is really sad. I don't, I think you will have to remind me of that story. A lot has happened even this week. So I... I am so sorry that oh. I don't, that that does not come to mind. What, that you don't Please. have photographic recollection of what happened like 13 years well, ago? Well, I mean, I like, time okay. stamped the It Gets Better project. So come on, we I was setting a high bar for myself in terms of uh, my knowledge of, of my community. No, you're people. solid. You're yeah. solid. Um, you're, you're solid. You're good. Um, so I, I guess what the, the common theme here was that this was a kid who was bullied um, and, and, was attribu- this was attributed to him uh, dying from suicide. And so, I mean, this is what the common theme was. And this is the a common theme that we talk about today in terms of the disparities that young queer people face. Um, we are at greater risk for contemplating suicide, not because we're queer, but because, you know, we have to enter this world where we are not what is... Um, described as air quote normal, right? And so we have to rail against the society, this narrative that says that somehow we're wrong. Um, And that contributes to higher rates of depression and loneliness and a whole suite of other mental uh, problems and concerns that can contribute to 
contemplating suicide as a viable alternative to a world that frankly doesn't roll the red carpet for most people. But, you know, when when this was happening, obviously this was a crisis moment for the community. Uh, Dan and Terry was like, if I just had five minutes with any of these kids, you know, to be able to impart to them the wisdom that I have gained over the course of my coming out experience, this is what I went through. I experienced exactly what you did, but this is what I did to get past that. And this is what has become of my life since then. And all you have to do is hang on, um, knowing that it will get better. Now, there's been a lot of like conversation over the last decade or you know longer about what that means. What does it mean for it, it to get better? You know, do you just sit and wait for it to happen? Saturday Night Live did a parody. Oh, did, right. You, you saw that, right? Oh, yeah. We I have mean, t-shirts with have the iguana. Seen that, yeah. Yeah, I mean, the organization has has grown so much. And I think, you know, to your point, most people just know us from those videos. Um, and <clears throat> there were a lot of videos. Don't get me wrong. There was like s- over 70,000 people from around the world turned on their camera and just talked about their experience, the traumas that they overcame uh, to, to go on to become healthy, successful, self-actualized adults. And, um, you know, that's fantastic. I love that. You know, there are worse reputations to have, you know, and but... You know what we've what we've done since then is is incredible, and it it goes largely unsung um, because you know the world is just busy. It's a different place. You know, like social media is different, the news is different, the world is just different, and it's. I think it can feel like it's just crisis after crisis after crisis, and you know, one crisis is drowned out by another crisis, and there's always something happened because the news is at our doorstep. It's at our it's at our fingertips twenty four hours a day. But like what we're doing now in the realm of uplifting and empowering young queer people is we have, again, this incredible education program that not only it fuses mentorship opportunities, we have this awesome youth voices program. And these kids, I mean, I would like to say they're representative of young queer people, but these folks are way beyond. I mean, I don't know where you were when you were 16, but I was just trying to like hide I was just trying to get through my life. But the kids that we have the privilege of working with, they know who they are at this moment. And they are confident to the extent that they want to give back to their community. They want to do something to make a difference in the world. And we help them. And who is who is mentoring? Who are the mentors in this situation? Or those are the mentees. Yes. The kids you're talking about, the 16 year olds are the mentees. Yes. Yes. And then who is so is it like a broad spectrum um, mentorship program, or is it like a one-to-one pairing, or what does it look like in practice? No, it's broad spectrum, and so you know this program only brings in like ten young people a year, um, oh, wow. and so it's it's a competitive opportunity. Um, uh, we we cast a net out to the entire country um, to find these young people who are already sort of in the process of developing their form of activism, and you know they're online, they know what's going on, they have a way. Uh, that they are expressing who they are. And sometimes that's through video, sometimes that's through the written word, sometimes that's through uh, other visual arts. But we bring them together uh, for to build community within this group and to help them hone their activism skills and to also serve as an ambassador for It Gets Better. And so what that entails is we give them media training, we give them workshops on how to tell their stories, 
uh, we connect them with opportunities to share those stories with larger communities. We we have, um, for the last two years, we've gone to the rally at New York Pride and we've had a youth voice speak in front of an audience. We've We've had them at panels. We've taken them to our brand partners to do um, storytelling uh, opportunities with them. And so there's a variety of different things that we do to give them the kind of experience that they need to like get them ready for the future. I feel like I've done this thing and it's that is super interesting to me. So for, again, I like am trying to, as we go, just sort of decode some some of the things that are going to be like a little jargony that I just think are interesting. So like when you're saying you bring them to your brand partners, <laughs> I have done that job um, okay. for other things that I've been involved in. And what that meant for me was like uh, going to the headquarters of a particular um, brand that was backing something that had a larger social message to do like, I think we did like a Q&A right. for the staff at that headquarters that wanted to show up on like their lunch break or whatever and get like sandwiches. So they have the opportunity to have a sandwich and then they also have the opportunity, the like organization gets to say they're providing programming for their workers, um, you know, so they get to have that like nice thing where it looks really great. And But it also then some people did show up and enjoyed themselves. So I don't, is that what you're talking about? Is that what you're talking about these the kind of situation. some of them, but I feel like yeah. I'm, I'm getting the hint that sometimes, like, I can hear it in your voice a little bit that maybe, oh, what? well, and, and maybe I'm just reading into it because I often feel like this, you know, that a lot of this work that, uh, you know, these major companies are doing internally might feel performative. Oh, no, I didn't feel that way. I think I felt like, I don't think any of us know what the fuck we're doing. <laughs> I don't care if you are working at, this is new. Like t- 30 years ago, I don't, I mean, I'm I'm like speaking out of my ass here. Maybe I'm wrong. <laughs> I don't think that large corporations were, well, I know for sure they weren't bringing in panels of queer youth to talk about the experience of queer youth. So, you know, this is all like, I think I have a lower threshold for like I know around pride, this comes up a lot too. People are like, look at these pride partners. Like, what are they even doing? And I'm like, okay, sure. Like some of this is performative, I guess. But like, I don't know. How am I trying to land this plane? It's like the same way I feel about politicians. When people will say like, I think this person might be corrupt. I feel that they might have friends in powerful places. And I'm like, yes, yes, that's yes. Like, mm-hmm. I'm sure they've been to weird parties and that they, like, shook hands <laughs> with somebody who, like, you know, <laughs> owns, a, you know, a washer-dryer brand that also owns a, a streaming network. Like, it's whatever. I just don't, I don't think it's that pure or clean. So we're on this new frontier of even caring about this at all. To me, it's like a net positive. And especially if money, if we're getting money, I just compare that to if we weren't. Like, I don't I don't need it to be super clean. I don't need the money to be, I just need it. It's like, okay, does this make you feel better about your soap company? <clears throat> well, thank you. I will use it for good. I don't know. That's how I feel. How do you feel? No, I, I, I feel exactly the same way. And, you know, I will say in this, you know, day and age where, you know, cancel culture is is still a thing, you know, it's like you have to 
always say the right thing at the right time. And if you don't, then just beware, like the world is coming for you. And I, and I would say that our community doesn't allow a lot of room for missteps, especially from mm-hmm. the people who are, are stepping out, trying to help the community. There's a lot of opinions. Um, you know, just in 2021, yeah, it was 21 where um, Florida's like, don't say gay bill was coming out the whole, you know, debacle with Disney's response and, you know, all that, you know, happened around sort of corporate America, not even touching on what happened this year, you know, in the corporate space, but like, it's messy. You know, people were calling out Disney because, you know, they had maybe around three, $400,000 in political donations to uh, officials that were known to be anti-LGBTQ+. But what wasn't included in that story was the $3 million plus that they gave to pro-LGBTQ plus officials. And so that to me is like what, to your point, makes this messy, right? You know, when you talk about these major brands, like you try to do your best, but it's just run by human beings and we're all like flawed. And yeah, every day is a new day. We don't know what we're doing. I mean, how many, how long have we been like parenting children and we still can't figure it out, right? Like, Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the Disney one is interesting just as an example because I mean, truly from the bottom of my heart, this is my personal opinion. It doesn't mm-hmm. have to be yours or your organization's. Sure. I do think fuck you in 2023 if you're, if you are a politician that is, um, has an opinion about somebody else's identity. That is the actual line that I draw in the sand. It bothers me that somebody is having a lived experience and somebody else is mm-hmm. having an opinion. I, that is the, that is, that, that is my, that, that irks me. Um, and I do want us to talk about that, right? Like, I, I think it's yeah. important to talk about that. And what that Disney thing offered an opportunity um, there is a Disney heir whose name is Charlie, who I sort of vaguely know through queer circles in LA, who is a transmasculine person mm-hmm. who got to have a public forum and say, I mean, I'm not like outing this person. They took this moment to say, this is who I am at like a national fundraiser. It was a big moment because mm-hmm. this is a part of the actual family. And, you know, the family isn't like who's in the board room all the time, but it was very impactful to me to see somebody say the same thing I always say, which is like, okay, cute. Your, your opinions are cute. We're literally here. We exist in this organization. We exist in the family of the guy who started the organization. We're not only employees. We not only have gay days, but literally the call is coming from inside the house. We're already here. Mm -hmm. So good luck to you. Back for another game. You know it. What's going on? Just one more week till Max Fun Drive. <laughs> Hard to believe. It's been a heck of a year since the last one. We're now a worker-owned co-op. We raised $50,000 for charity last year. And we've added a bunch of awesome new shows. But do you think we're ready to do it again? Absolutely. Lovely new gifts are lined up. The episodes will be amazing, and wait till everyone hears the bonus content. Yeah, plus they know to go to MaximumFun.org newsletter, so they're getting all the news. 
Oh, like that meetup day is on Thursday, March 21st. Then what's bothering you? Me? Oh, nothing. We're all set for Max Fun Drive to start on Monday, March 18th. I just didn't want you to see this coming. Check. What? Hang on! This is, I, I could get really lost on this. Please, let's get back. No, to no. What I mean, you're doing. <laughs> no, I, you know, look, I, I could go down a rabbit hole with this as well because, like, mm-hmm. you know, where I love how eloquently you stated it, you know, it's like I have, a, we are having this lived experience and you have an opinion, you know, and, you know, social media has validated the opinions of so many people that don't really deserve to have an opinion about everything, right? Like, like who are you? And <laughs> that's true. <clears throat> that's true. And it also, like, like the pressure to, you know, to create an opinion. Good Lord. Right? Just take a seat for a moment. And you know what? I have to tell myself that too. I tell- Like, I actually don't always know, as a stand-up comic, I don't always know what to say. But I will say that situation. people are probably more so looking to you for an opinion than someone like me, who, like, even though I run an organization that is very much steeped in social media, like, I don't even touch it. I'm yeah. like a lurker. Like, I watch and I and I see it a little bit. <laughs> but, yeah. but I tend to go towards the negative. And every time I see something, I'm like, oh, I'm just going to like. And then I'm like, oh, is this a good look for me? And A, and then B, do is this adding anything of value to this conversation? Right? But, you know, yeah. but I will say that. You probably, as someone who is in the public eye a little more frequently than I am, you know, people do look for you, <laughs> look to you for yeah. opinions. Like, and I'm, I'm at that I mean, a I, lot of pressure. I think you just said it though. <clears throat> it's the additive thing. Like, I know there is a lot of discourse where I can be really additive. I mean, that it, those are the times that I've made sure to speak out. Um, and I think that sometimes there's a moment to just wait and see like where the addition can come and like allow other voices that have the lived experience to be more additive to step forward and then either support those voices or, you know, talk about, I'm like a direct impact person. And it doesn't mean that's because um, I only care about things that I am impacted by. Sometimes I just feel like there are so many people speaking that um, maybe I don't need to be the one to lead the charge in area in things that um where I could instead listen to somebody else and then like two weeks later have something to say. I don't know if that makes sense. It does. It's like first to market. You know, there could be some value to that. First to market, I think for me, is rough when it doesn't match lived experience. Cause I think mm-hmm. that that's when some pretty big mistakes can happen. Right. Yeah. Um yeah. But, you know, we have... Cute. Look at us. We solved it. I know. Done. <laughs> What's the next problem? Um, we solved it. Oh, my God. We're so good together. Um, no, I, I, it's just... It's it's an interesting time. You know, I don't think the adults in the room are setting the best example for young people today. You know, especially in, you know, the political space. It's yeah. Like, <laughs> yes. It's just like, how do these people even get elected? Like, I don't get it. Like, it's just... Well, because, you know... Good press is bad. I mean, some of it is an evolution of actually what we're talking about. You know, these I'm I'm not at all trying to minimize the legacy you have now and the work you do now. It 
we didn't have a way of capturing our lives previously. Like that's actually why I started this podcast Mm -hmm. is that I realized, I mean, this is like 2015. So now this, it's like the most mundane thought, but I was like, we are gonna die, you know? And some queer folks that I have on the show will have been interviewed because they're in a public facing job, but almost never by another queer person. So the depth of the conversation, it was, they were very superficial conversations. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I initially, I was listening to like a super famous athlete get asked by an NPR host if she had slept with men. And I was like, I, wow. I, I was like, I was flabbergasted. Anyway, um, we just didn't have like easy, cheap recording equipment. You know, we didn't, I didn't have like Zoom or the opportunity to like invite people to a podcast studio, um, which is because this used to be even in person <laughs> before this evolution. Right. And um, so we are in this moment where we can like sort of stop time. Um, and it's like the AIDS quilt exists. That stuff was real, but that's not, there's no, there's not the stickiness of the actual person's voice and face and story, which is, I think what was so impactful about the videos that, that it's got, that the, it gets better project pioneered. And now that is like what everybody is doing on TikTok. We're all saying, telling like, stories. I live, I exist. <laughs> yeah. Right. You know, it's 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 definitely it's a different world, which is why we focus so much on expanding our programs. You know, that's so. Tell me more about this. Well, I mean, we have the youth voices, and, and so that's mm-hmm. one piece of like our education program. The other mm-hmm. piece is um, we create um, educational materials, inclusive materials for educators that want to integrate LGBTQ plus stories into their <laughs> lesson planning. <clears throat> But I think what's, I mean, which is great, like. That's great. But like, you know, it's, that's another rabbit hole that we can go down as well. And it's like, (laughs) like, don't get me started on parental rights and education. I just, I've been thinking about that a lot lately. I mean, that, and then the other side of that is the burden on teachers to have to individually like either broke break with like school protocol, union protocol, whatever it is, like that they to have to like and then to get paid no money and they have to buy their own school supplies, but they also have to like create their own sex ed right. out of air. And then also talk about the reality of history. I don't know. <laughs> Thank you to teachers. I, you Sorry know, about it. We, I know, right? We need to do more for teachers. So I'm glad you're. I'm glad you're at least providing resources, because right. otherwise, it's like a deep Google, you know, and that that seems like even more work <laughs> for that person. <laughs> right? They are very plug and play, you know. But I think, <laughs> you know, we um, we also have like this. What I think is 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 very exciting. We're in. We're now entering the third cycle, but we we also give grants to middle and high schools across the U.S. and we just expanded to Canada this year. And mm. you know these are ten thousand dollar grants to middle and high schools. They are for student or queer student initiated projects 
to create more inclusive environments for LGBTQ plus students. Oh my goodness. It's, it's so incredibly inspiring. And this is like, to me, when you talk about empowering kids, right, who essentially don't have their full slate of rights, right? You know, you can't vote, you can't do this, you can't, you're under the thumb of, you know, every adult in your life that's sort of trying to guide you um, based on their lived experience, not on yours. And so this is our way of saying, hey, you want to do something for your community? You want to do something that makes it better for your peers, your queer peers? Like, here's money, go do it, right? And and these kids are doing everything from gardens to murals, like public murals are oh, wow. doing pride events. They're, they're oh, leading wow. like teacher sensitivity trainings. Like these, oh, awesome. they're launching GSAs, like... They're using wow. this money for a lot of really cool stuff. And as a... What is... Hmm? I'm sorry. Keep going, no, 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 keep no. Going. Go ahead. Go ahead. Keep going. I was just going to say, is the actual... Is it is GSAs still the term? Oh, well, you know. Because I literally don't know. <clears throat> it I'm not used to be... often in high school. <laughs> Gay Stater Alliance is like what it used to be. Yeah. But what is it now? It's like Genders and Sexualities Alliance. <gasps> they were one of the lucky ones that didn't like label themselves as lesbian and gay and base their acronym on just lesbian and gay. So they got... Good job. Right? That was like some Genders forward Genders and thinking. sexualities? Good Lord, that slotted right in there. Right? Like how beautiful is that? It's almost an improvement awesome. on yeah, what it was Yeah, no, before. it definitely is. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> Way to go, GSA Network, right? Yeah. And so... Actually, it turns out because straight people and cis people also have genders and sexuality. They do. So genders and sexualities is like... We love it. Right? Keep going. So amazing. We all have that. Um, Mm -hmm. uh, We share so much in common. And yet. Yes. uh, (laughs) um, But yeah, like as of this year, we've given out $1.2 million over the last two years to these schools. Yeah. um, And we've done it with help from um, uh, American Eagle, which is one of our largest funders. Oh my gosh. Okay. Right? That's great. Like you're you're you paused there for a minute and gave me a face. What do you think about No, I love their underwear. Oh sweet. <laughs> sweet. Let's see how I can hook you up. Um let's see if we can get on, you a man. gift card or something. Talk about genders and sexualities. Thanks for your underwear. <laughs> I am 42 years old. I will say I because they also exist in Canada. Yeah, they I do. lived in Canada um for the like in the last two years when I was working up there and I like definitely bought a lot of Canadian Eagle underwear. It's still called American Eagle, but um, I was gonna say it's called Canadian Eagle. No, no it's, it's called not. American. <laughs> I wish it was called Canadian Eagle <laughs> or like Canadian Bear or you know uh-huh. Canadian Goose. Actually, that's a different company. That's a, it is. That's a it's a jacket brand. Uh, doesn't matter. Um, yes. So thank you to American Eagle for those underwear that I really needed in Canada. And for, and like, that's the number one thing. And then the number two thing is for supporting queer youth. Priorities. But first and foremost, <laughs> for those underwear. Hey, it's the, it's how we start the day, right? Yeah. For many of us, it's like we spend a lot of time <laughs> in our undergarments. I lose them by noon always. Yeah. Um, <laughs> no, that's, that's awesome. I mean, I'm so glad that, well, cause also it's a, they have like a scaled down, there's like a variety of ages that they're trying to appeal to. Mm-hmm. Um, so that also makes sense to me because it's like the demographics that 
they would hopefully be helping with the work that you're talking about. Absolutely. So, like, yeah. they're great. And they've been amazing partners. And in addition to like the the financial incentives of their partnership, they they bring us to their audience, which mm. gives, us, gives us the ability to reach more young people. And so, oh, that's awesome. Well, if you need a 42-year-old underwear model that also represents the It Gets Better project, <laughs> Let me know. Like honestly, I am available for that. Are you so just, are you like are you joshing with me right now? Like are you serious? Because no, I will I you. will float that. I will. No, float I'm not that. fucking with you at all. I'm serious. <clears throat> okay. I like straight up do love their underwear. All right. Be careful what you wish for, because I will float. Bring that. me that. Bring it to me. Are you kidding? To have to like this is the thing is like. I did on this podcast this year. Mm-hmm. Um, I did a partnership with Skittles for the. It was, okay. it was like their Pride partnership, mm-hmm. and what they did was they invested in ten. Maybe it's eight. I apologize to Skittles. Um, queer artists who designed packaging mm-hmm. for these Skittles that like then are in Targets and stuff. And I interviewed all the artists. They were they were scared a little bit because it brings up. Uh, spotlight to some of them and that was this was a rough pride season right for folks to be spotlit um but also they were so excited their friends were so excited they were paid they were supported as artists i was just like yeah again it's like okay skittles like i sure great bring that candy over here (laughs) and let's make some artists have a more sustainable career love it right no it's uh you know we have we have we also work with converse and they focus a lot mm. on artists. Um, obviously they're mm. in you know, skate culture and like sports and all of that, but you know, they're, I do feel that the, the creatives in our world do not get the, the respect, the, the, the financial incentives that they deserve, you know? And so like, I, you know, I, studied acting in my undergrad and you know there were other people who are willing to live and die by that career and I just couldn't do it I'm like I'll just bow out like you don't need like me bringing more competition you don't need another like mediocre competitor in this space like you go do what you have no other alternative to do but artists suffer for that and they shouldn't and frankly you know we need them. Can you imagine our world without people who are creative, without people who can't who can't make us laugh? Like, oh my gosh. I mean, honestly, a world without me, I cannot imagine. That sounds so. Like You're so confident. Bad. That's like I'm obviously I'm a huge fan. <laughs> That's one of the things I loved about you, or I love about you, is that you, you're like, I'm an awesome comic. Like, <laughs> and I'm going to keep declaring that. Oh, that's so sweet. No, you know, I, I think, um, yeah, I just, I, well, I love what, I think one thing that ties back to what you were saying, to the conversation we're having right now is, I mean, it's the same idea of, of like, micro grants to individual people in developing nations, mm-hmm. just the idea that like folks know what to do if they get financial support. Um, mm-hmm. And I think that's what you're talking about with these projects that the queer youth are actually doing. Mm-hmm. So, and that also reverses some of the sort of initial part 
of the It Gets Better project was this, again, it didn't exist, it needed to exist, but this idea of like the elder talking to the youth. Mm -hmm. And what I will say about that is that at that time, I needed to hear that. Like I didn't know our history, but we've changed so much that often these days, I am looking to people younger um, because there is a fluency and a comfort. They grew up in a different world than I did. Um, And so like, I, I mean, I just re- like recently posted about this on Instagram, but like, I, w- I like, you know, there was a time during the pandemic, I was like looking at people on TikTok and then I would like look at their hashtags to be like, what am I? Cause you seem to be, I have that outfit and I hold my jaw like that. Uh-huh. So what is the word for us, you know? <laughs> and I got like some new fluency. Um, so, you know, I think it's really important to now that we've had the exper- the like the chance to know who we were and what we've done to now mm-hmm. look at who we can be and and like thread that all together. I think, you know, you know, Gen Z, Gen Alpha, you know, those who are younger than me, I'm, I'm an Xer, I'm fast approaching 50, um, <clears throat> doesn't feel great, but I'm okay, I'm still here. Oh, um, no. <laughs> no, just from a, like, uh, just like, a, it just, oh, it goes by so quickly. Yeah, it just, life goes I by so know. quickly. And Yeah, it does. But what, you know, young people today are bringing to the table is just like fluidity and, and that, permeates everything. You know, we talk about it in terms of sexuality and gender, but there's a fluidity to everything now when you look at like social media, for example, and where we were, you know, 13 years ago, as opposed to where we are now, like there's a different way that young people are consuming content and media. And for a long time, like we were grappling as an organization, like with you know, we have 70,000 people who have told their stories. Should we become just this library, this archive? And then we decided maybe that's not the best idea. Because like if you look at like an original It Gets Better video, you're going to have an emotional draw to it. But it might not land with younger audiences today. So we wanted to make sure that we were fluid as an organization to be able to tell stories in the ways that like young people want to like absorb them. Mm-hmm. And <clears throat> that means moving on to different platforms, doing it in different ways. Um you know, a traditional, it gets better stories like five minutes or longer. And, you know, now on TikTok, it's like, hey, we, we've got 30 seconds to a minute to like impart the wisdom that we feel you need to help navigate your experience right now. Um, and, you know, it might not be TikTok five years from now. It might be a completely different platform. Maybe social media goes away. I mean, I don't know if you saw the article today. I think it was in the, the Washington Post. There's like 41 states that are all lining up to sue Meta because of this new data, well, it's not new data, but we all know that social media can have a negative impact on the well-being of young people. You know, there is like the whole thing about Instagram and body image for for young girls. I mean, it's all real, but it also is like, I feel like the uh, legislators that are talking about that, I almost want to be like, it's so so cute to me. (laughs) The idea of like- It's like, do you, it's like, not just like Pandora's box, like open. It's like, 
it's exploded. We don't know where the pieces are. <laughs> like, no, like, like that box is gone. That's, there's no. So um, you're right. It might not be TikTok. And it also might. You know, I think the thing I'll say is I have had. And I don't know if this is also true for this organization, but as you're talking about like providing grants and providing support for teachers, like what I will say is that I have realized I am not, I'm not the youngest person with this story anymore. When I started doing my job, I was. I was the youngest person. I had the most to say and I behaved like that on stage and then in the world and it was like all very radical and people couldn't believe it. And that's not maybe my role right now. Um, I don't totally know, you know, what it is because it's still, like you said, it's fluid. I don't think I've like landed in this place where I'm not like out to pasture. It's more, um, what does it look like to put out content or information now that I don't have like the fuel of a 22 year old who's like pissed. I'm just, I'm not, I'm just like kind of not pissed. It's so weird. I don't know what this is. Well, that's got to be um, very hard as a comic, right? Like, is it oh man, so, <laughs> how much? I, honestly, <laughs> honestly, I, I was just talking to my wife about this today. It's like, I don't know what to do, man. Like, you've yeah. got some, you've got stuff to say. I'm pissed about stuff. It's not that I don't have stuff to say. It's that I feel gentleness in saying it. And I think that that is maybe the way that I've changed a lot and the, you know, looking toward younger people to create those projects and like, you know, fuck with their own schools. And then for me to have whatever different role I can have in participating in that. Well, your role is the example, right? Mm. I mean, all you have to do is like live your truth and you're going to resonate just by the nature of who you are with some young up and coming comic who just wants to emulate what you brought to the table, but in their way, right? I do get to hear that a lot. I think more than most people, you know, I know that because of the function of my job, I am like somebody who gets to hear that a lot. Um, you know, the, the idea of impact Mm -hmm. directly as a person. Um, and you know, you said earlier, you don't have like such a front facing role and I don't know, do you receive that feedback to people? not just for the organization, but to you, do you get to hear good things about the work you do? Oh, sure. I mean, I get feedback. I mean, I report to a board of directors. Like I am, I'm not like out here sort of like being a, an island. Right. You know, I think just the nature of just me naturally being an introvert and, Mm. you know, like there are other people that deserve to be put out. Right. And if I can help create that platform to give folks a step up into a spotlight, like that's, I, I like playing that role, right? And and like speaking candidly, not everyone wants to hear from like another cis white gay man. And you know, and and that's not to trivialize my experience. You know, I've I've had my fair share of of sadness and tragedy in my life, but like, you know, there are so many others that have been waiting in the shadows, you know, the shadows that our own community casts on them, you know, to Yes to step out and and share their their piece because like you know your role as a public facing figure you live your truth out in the open and by doing so are a living example of what is possible 
like other people need to step up, you know, because not everyone is going to identify with you. And so anything that we can do to put those folks out there front and center, I'm all for, you know, we have the platform, we're building the platform, other people deserve it. So I appreciate that self-awareness. Um, I don't know. I even like in the last couple of years, <laughs> there have been like stuff that's been, you know, greenlit or gotten on television where it's like, um, very like white dude, AIDS crisis material. And absolutely yeah. we should not forget that part of our history. Um, I think that I've been surprised sometimes to see that given that, um, it feels like there has been some coverage already there, you know, not, not as much as there could be of like, say straight lives. Um, but (laughs) in our community, like that overrepresentation has existed for a long time. And the, you know, distribution of wealth has been in that direction for a long time. And so, you know, you speaking that way and then, even to go back and talk about the founders of this organization, you know, to think that there's, that there are folks to elevate um, that don't carry that identity. I know that that, um, yeah. Frank- I mean, I didn't, I didn't grow up like seeing people who, I didn't like grow up with like gender fluid, um, successful, AFAB, mask of center, you know, the most, the longest description in the world, whatever I am like that. Mm-hmm. I didn't really see a lot of that when I was, when I was growing up and I, I still don't actually see a ton of it. Um, so I, you know, I know from my own personal experience that it matters if you feel like you're a unicorn or not, like I have a- not in the sex meaning of you. <laughs> <laughs> I don't I don't even know what that is actually. Like is there Oh, I think it's like somebody that is like joins a couple. <clears throat> oh, oh. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. I wasn't even thinking about that. Um Well, I I don't even uh, anyway, like I'm I'm That'll be well, let's circle <clears throat> back after we'll circle we're done. Back. <laughs> <laughs> we'll dog ear that. We'll come let's back. Let's circle to it. back. Stick circle back. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> okay. Um well, I think, you know, the I just I appreciate you giving me this platform because like all I want to do is 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 make sure that folks know that it gets better is here, right? You know, there are a lot of organizations out there, a lot of very important organizations that are are very visible. They have a lot of resources behind them and they have ways of shaping the narrative that aren't always entirely accurate, right? And you know, and that's okay because like, you know, as a nonprofit, we need to get people interested in our work and to understand in a very short amount of time, the disparities we're trying to address. But when it comes to queer kids, I really think just for kids in general, I think we do them a huge disservice by othering them through the disparities that they face, you know, and I hope it, it gets better that we can sort of be that that first wave, right? There's no reason why any kid should fall into crisis. There's no reason why any kid, queer or straight, should be set on a path to have to spend a lifetime unpacking traumas that happen like that, right? You know, (laughs) like, 
it takes like seconds. Yeah, it's exhausting. It's so exhausting, right? It's like, again, it takes seconds to like <sighs> acquire a trauma, but a lifetime to unpack it. And so like, it gets better. You know, we don't dismiss that traumas are inevitable, right? But we want to get in front of, of, of young people before they really start making decisions about their identity and who they want to be so they can explore the world and themselves and their peers in a way that's healthy, that sets them up for success later in life. We don't want kids to feel like they have to call a crisis hotline because they're at the end. They can't do anything else. Like we want, we should be raising confident, empowered kids that advocate for themselves, advocate for others and stand up when they see something wrong. Like those are the kinds of of young people that can help others and and actually do something great with their lives that make the world a better place. And so that's where we sit at It Gets Better. It's like, let's, like, we're here at the door to your journey. Just like, come with us. We're here. We'll sit with you. We're here when you need us. But like, you've got this. And and these are the things that we can do to help you. Yeah. I mean, I really appreciate everything you're saying. And it never eludes me that we are as a community, the gender and sexualities community. Um, Mm -hmm. We are a community that often is not mirrored in the identities of our parents. And there are other folks for whom this is true, mixed race kids, for instance. Um, But this is a particular way of being in the world. And this is also why older queer folks mentoring younger queer folks matters so much because for a lot of people, the issues and traumas that they face um, may be something that their parent also faced. It doesn't mean every then those parents all know how to deal with everything. Right. It just means that the kid who's experiencing something their parent has no context for at all, um, there is a, an, a real loneliness there. So, you know, that is why we have to talk amongst the generations, um, because it is our special privilege to care about that. Um, 100%. I want to thank you for the the work that you do and for being on the show today. And I loved talking to you. And before I send you back into your day, I was hoping you could shout out a queero, which is a person, place, or thing that made you feel you could be who you are today. Oh, a queero. Okay. I haven't yeah. brought this person up in ages. <clears throat> um, when I was just coming out and was kind of like starting to experience like the community from a social perspective where like I, I could kind of sneak out, I could go to a gay bar. Of course, I had like a fake ID, you know, and just experience what it meant to be queer with other queer people. Um, I met... A, a man named Bubbles. That was how he was known to the world. And and I and I met him not at these clubs or anything like that. He was actually a co-worker of my friend. We were both working at dry cleaners. And I guess dry cleaners were like big for queer people in, in Columbus, Ohio. And I, I don't know, but that's... What a... I like <clears throat> I, everything you're saying. Keep going. Keep so, going. But he was like flamboyant, unapologetic, you know, was just... I, I, just, I just remember watching him, you know, not 
it from a sexual standpoint or anything like that, but just in awe of the freedom and the lack of fear that he had in, in leading his life where I was growing up in the same community that he was part of and I was fearful. And, you know, here is somebody who found a way to not be fearful. And I just remember being so enamored with him and mm-hmm. I adopted him as my mentor, even though I didn't say, hey, will you be my mentor? It's just, I found ways to to interact with this person. Again, not from a sexual perspective. It was just somebody who I will never, ever forget. And I, I haven't uttered his name in years, but Bubbles. Yeah, Bubbles from Columbus, Ohio. Bubbles? And not That's even a beautiful. drag queen, but just like an artist. Like... Yeah. And sure. artists like bubbles. Oh, everyone needs a bubbles. Like, yeah, I guess so. Like, just to teach you not I to didn't be know afraid. That until just now, but for sure. That's well, my. Thank clearer. you so much, Brian. Thank you. Oh my god, it's been such a pleasure. I've, I'm not. I don't fangirl out, you know. But I, I was really looking forward to this. I love your work. Thank so. you very much. Yeah, it was really nice to talk to you. You're very fun. <laughs> I have my moments. <laughs> oh, you're pretty fun. Oh, yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Maximum Fun. A worker-owned network. Of artist-owned shows. Supported directly by you.